uh, it's time for me to do another of my digital rediscovery videos. Uh, I think I've done one before this. Uh, I'm a bit slow, but I have been uploading quite a lot of uh, videos lately. Those following my channel will acknowledge that. Um, this one I put together and I want to widen really uh, music lovers appreciation beyond uh, vinyl, beyond CD, cassette or even beyond MP3 uh, to the video format. There's a tremendous amount of material out there uh, of tremendous value and I as a music lover uh, enjoy uh, considerably uh, watching a concert uh, on DVD or uh, various other formats. And I rediscovered a few, found a new uh, one or two here. And so I'm going to quickly go through uh, those that I uh, had a glance at over the last couple of months. I want to start off with The Pretenders. Uh, I caught this show on YouTube the 2017 Pretenders live in Sydney, uh, Chrissy Hine looking immaculately youthful uh, at the grand old age of 67, which puts her at 71 now. I just don't know how she looks so uh, adolescent and vibrant. Uh, and she was joined by Martin Chambers, the original drummer of the Pretenders. And then a few new faces, uh, Nick Wilkinson, who's been the bass player uh, since 05, uh, Jimmy Walburn, uh, lead guitar player since 08, and then Eric Hayward, also on guitar since 08. Uh, a terrific concert. Uh, you really ought to get to watch it. I'll put the link down the, uh, below. Um, it was very much a greatest hits bash. Uh, we've got Talk of the Town, uh, uh, the uh, Kid... And lots of other, uh, back on the chain gang, uh, brass in pocket from the early albums. Uh, and it really is a tremendously strong set from a band that don't seem to have aged at all in uh, 37 years. Uh, so I really do suggest you get and have a look at that. That's The Pretenders uh, on YouTube, live in Sydney in 2017. Next, uh, I remember going way back when to the mid-70s that I finally fell in love with Van Morrison and too late, it's too late to stop now. Uh, a double album set came out in 1974. Uh, I played it relentlessly over the years. Last year, um, it was sort of uh, put together again but expanded and... As the uh, original audio vinyl release was snippets from four concerts, um, the, his record label decided to uh, release uh, the four concerts in the entirety. So you've got four, four sets uh, rather than uh, a, just a, a collective set from tracks from them all and in addition to that there was this fantastic uh the, the the venues let's just run through those um these all took place in 1973 and there was live at the 
Troubadour in Los Angeles, 23rd of May, and then at the Santa Monica Civic in California, 29th of June, 1973. And then uh, Van came back with the band uh, and did two days, uh, two nights at the Rainbow Theatre in, in North London. Uh, and uh, as I say, four audios uh, in the uh, redone uh, release. But the real jewel in the crown was that they had a recorded live concert at the London's Rainbow uh, on DVD or MP4. And I downloaded it. And it's, uh, it's quite remarkable because it's quite a small stage, the Rainbow Theatre. I, I went there on many occasions. And, of course, there's quite a few people, quite a few personnel in uh, uh, Morrison's band, even at that time. He had a, a string section uh, and sort of some horns and keyboards. And so they really were quite crowded on this stage. But uh, it's about just under an hour, and it's extraordinary. Uh, he starts off with uh, the Them song, he, Here Comes the Night. Uh, then he moves into a traditional blues, I Just Want to Make Love to You. Then the big hit, uh, Brown Eyed Girl, Moonshine Whiskey. Then we've got the Jazz Soul and Moon Dance. And then the last three songs, uh, Domino uh, from the choir album. And then Caravan. And he finishes it off with this raucous uh, version of Cypress Avenue and the typical uh, end of Van Morrison concerts when he walks off the stage and lets the band uh, take you out to the uh, closure. And of course, also, they tend to open things up before he arrives on stage. So he, he really does show uh, uh, to the audience how vital, how vital that band was. It's an absolute jewel. You should get to uh, find it. I got it off the internet on a download. Uh, it's uh, Van Morrison and his band, Live at the Rainbow, uh, July 1973, and it's priceless. Sort of rediscovery, because many of those tracks were on the uh, audio vinyl that I possessed. Uh, now one that is definitely a rediscovery. I was running through my uh, collection of uh, CD, DVD, ROMs and came across a copy of The Doors at the Hollywood Bowl in 1967. And uh, uh, this was released as an official album by the American rock band uh, on Electra Records, recorded in 1968 at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles, which was, of course, The Doors' hometown. Um, it's not a very long video, uh, but it was ex it, it was an extraordinary experience uh, to uh, re-familiarise myself with this band. Um, the opener, when the music's over, is a basically uh, a, an opportunity for Jim Morrison to uh, display his charisma, his power and his uh, vitality on stage. Uh, I've never seen anybody really more into the, the music and uh, the lyric than him. And then we've got uh, Alabama Song uh, and the 
tremendous backdoor man, which was a stinging blues from Morrison Hotel. And then uh, as we move through the set, we then get to uh, the Spanish caravan and, and then Light My Fire. Um, Light My Fire is just one of those uh, iconic uh, live uh, songs with uh, Ray Manzarak's uh, solo uh, as good as it gets on keyboards and a very distinctive sound it might ha have as well. Uh, absolutely mesmerising uh, and it lasts about 10 minutes. And then a couple of other tracks, the end, of course, uh, culminates with the track, the end. So if you've never seen it, and you're wondering what the doors were like, go and see it. It's a, such a powerful piece of uh, concert footage, uh, unlikely ever to be repeated, uh, right up there with the great, the great singers, uh, Richards, Mercury, uh, Jim Morrison, add him in there, uh, extraordinary. Uh, the last one, uh, not the last one, the penultimate one, uh, this is not a, a rediscovery, uh, back in uh, the 90s, African music started to take off in the UK. This was mainly as a result of uh, Paul Simon with his Graceland album, where he involved South African musicians. Uh, Peter Gabriel, who organised and supported uh, the WOMAD Festival, uh, which was an annual event that encouraged third world music. And also, uh, we were uh, uh, trying with a, a lot of energy uh, to break down the apartheid regime in uh, South Africa, particularly uh, wanting to get the release of Nelson Mandela. And this uh, promoted quite a number of... Uh... Sorry about that. The dog came in and my girlfriend has no uh, insight at all as to the need to keep quiet. Uh, so where was I? Yeah. Um, so uh, African music uh, was at the front of the stage at last. And I witnessed a, 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 a concert that was on TV in 1995. It was called African Prom. And it was basically a promotional concert uh, to give far more people the opportunity to see the best that the African continent could offer. And I watched it, most of it again. And uh, the artists that, uh, if you're interested, uh, I suggest you get to look at were uh, Yusuf Ador from Senegal, who worked with uh, uh, Gabriel. And uh, uh, he had a, uh, a short set. They all had short sets. Uh, and then there was uh, Baba Mal, uh, a Malian uh, artist. Extraordinary rhythm on his work. And another uh, artist from Mali called Salif Kita. Uh, and they all had a stint. And then there was some South African artist, Johnny Clegg, I, I recall, and they put together this concert. And there's a lot of footage from this concert in 1995 on YouTube. 
and these artists actually join together uh, to do duos and it's a remarkable piece of work and these uh, artists have retained a huge interest in my uh, musical uh, listening uh, and I'm about to uh, upload a, an album by uh, Sally Keita so keep posted on that so uh, African Prom 1995 Royal Albert Hall London extraordinary it's this video because it's going on too long as usual I want to uh, let you know about uh, a drama series that I've been watching uh, recently uh, called Genius now this uh, drama series uh, takes the life of uh, particularly famous people and opens the door and the light to the viewer into their life pre uh, through their early uh, childhood early life before they became famous and um, it's been a, a series that I've enjoyed um, I, I, I saw the first series which was on uh, Albert Einstein the second one was on Pablo Picasso uh, hugely influential art actors in those roads, Jeffrey Rush and uh, Antonio Banderas, uh, the lead roles for those respected. Well, there was a third season uh, and it's been uh, around uh, last year and it was simply called Arita and it's basically about the life of Arita Franklin. And uh, uh, it stars Cynthia Erivo in the lead role and it basically ha looks at three timelines uh, we go back to meet uh, Arita's parents uh, in the 40s uh, at the time that she was born we then witness her as she uh, moves into adolescence and she's basically being looked after by her father her father uh, basically got her, her mother out of the picture and uh, he basically uh, gets her involved in the gospel choir at the church as a singer and then we move forward to her in adult life in 1964 to 68 when she uh, gets seen by one Jerry Wexler uh, a producer with the uh, Atlantic Record Company I believe and we witness her rise to be known as the Queen of Soul and it touches on her support for civil rights, her friendship with Dr King, her extremely rocky marriage to a very, very uh, possessive uh, husband but we also get some tremendous music. The Franklin family weren't too keen on this series and so didn't allow the recording rights uh, to uh, a number of Arita classics including uh, Respect and uh, Natural Woman but the other material was available and it's mainly sung by uh, Erivo who I think does an absolutely fantastic job and uh, the music is absolutely spellbinding uh, obviously there's a, quite a lot of gospel in here uh, but um, it's just a joy to witness uh, the 
the the energy and the passion and the 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 hundred percent uh, commitment to song and to soul by this extraordinary talent of Arita Franklin. So if you don't know much about Arita, uh, get get some downloads on this genius. It's called and it's season three. It's about ten hours in total. Fascinating insight into her younger life. Uh, she gave birth to a young a child when she was only 12 years of age. Uh, and there's a suggestion that it was, well, it was definitely statutory rape, but uh, possibly rape. And there's lots of sort of red herrings about uh, that. But it's more than that. It's, it's a, a celebration of a, a, a life that will be described as a genius. Okay, that's my take on rediscoveries. Um, next time, I'm going to try and do a rediscovery of 1970, and I'm going to look at the genres. And so I'm going to try and kick out the first, which will be on prog rock. Uh, I'm going to try and keep the videos down, but I'll be selecting four or five albums that epitomised prog rock in 1970 and giving a brief summary of them. Uh, and then I'll use uh, 70 as a vehicle to look at other genres uh, at that period of time. Because for me, 1970 was when I really got into music.